Hey guys, how you doing? JP Saricolia here, and welcome again to this week's episode of Age of Heroes. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for watching and YouTube, but also for listening through iTunes, Teacher, Spreaker, Castbox, TuneIn, uh, you name it. There's so many different platforms that I even lost count. But thank you for the support. Now, I want to talk about in the middle of all this chaos that we're dealing with right now with the health crisis that we're facing. Uh, I want to bring some good news, and today I want to talk about some important news for the gaming world uh, that happened this week, of course, the, the reveal of the specs for the Xbox Series X and the PS5, the upcoming, the next generation consoles are coming by the end of this year. And uh, there was a lot of information, uh, a lot of mumbo jumbo, but a lot of good stuff, cool stuff, and it separates one from the other. They're def definitely, they are very similar in, our, in a lot of ways. But definitely there are key differences that are going to make, I would say, one better than the other. But of course, it's a lot of speculation at this point. We don't know the end result. But I want to, in this podcast, uh, I want to really go through all the information that we have gathered so far. What is the difference between the Xbox and the PS5? And of course, uh, that will help you decide which will be the best choice in the end for you. Now, for this purpose, I'm going to use uh, TechRadar, um, uh, a website that specializes particularly in technology, and I'm going to have the link for those who are interested to read the article. It's a very, uh, it's a large article with a lot of information, all the information up to date, and um, I'm going to use this for reference. We're going to read it, and we're going to point out some things here and there. And the title of this is it says Xbox Series X release date, specs, design, and launch titles for the next Xbox. Alright, it says, Xbox Series X is the next generation Xbox, previously known by its codename Xbox Project Scarlet. Uh, the Xbox Series X was officially revealed at the Game Awards 2019 with a trailer that showed off the next Xbox in all its glory. So far we know when the next Xbox will release, its official name, its full list of specs, and a couple of the console launch titles, as well as information on backwards compatibility and how cross-gen game ownership will work under the new smart delivery initiative. From what we've seen so far, it looks like the Xbox Series X will be a bit of a departure, both design-wise and name-wise, from its predecessors, exporting a blockier style that's similar to that of a small gaming PC. More importantly, now that we know the Series X full specs, we know that the new Xbox is going to be an absolute powerhouse. We were expecting to see the console fully unveiled at E3 2020, but now that the show has been canceled, Xbox is due to hold a digital event instead, with dates and times to be confirmed. But Xbox Series X will not be the only next-generation hardware on offer from Microsoft. The company has confirmed that the next-generation family of consoles will be called Xbox, and that Series X is just one of the consoles within the family. Now, Microsoft has given the release window of holiday 2020, which means we'll likely see the Xbox Series X released between October and December this year. However, it's possible that the release date will be November 26, 2020, aka Thanksgiving in the US. An image stating the Xbox Series X is coming, Thanksgiving 2020, shown above, appear on a number of product pages around the world briefly before being reverted back to the previously announced holiday 2020 release window. 
A Microsoft spokesperson responded to TechRadar to clarify, saying an Xbox product page in some regions inaccurately listed the launch date for Xbox Series X as Thanksgiving 2020. We're committed to launching holiday 2020. So again, so it's more likely if it happens because of coronavirus, of course, that is going to they going to release it around Christmas time. Microsoft won't be pinned down on an Xbox Series X price point quite yet, unsurprisingly, given what a sore spot the price of the Xbox One was for fans. At launch, the original Xbox One cost a whopping $499, uh, dollars, uh, $429, pounds, uh, which was quickly reduced when Microsoft realized people weren't forking out. Microsoft has at the very least promised that it's learned from this pricing mistake, with Phil Spencer stating that this time we will not be out of position on power or price. That doesn't mean that the console will be cheap. Mind you, it just means the price point will be better aligned with the console's power and the price points of the competition. We now know what Xbox Series X looks like and what is packing under the hood, and it's going to be an absolute beast of a console. The next Xbox gaming PC design is pretty apt, considering the next-gen console's internal hardware is compatible to one. The folks over at Eurogamer's Digital Foundry got a close look at the hardware, and alongside Microsoft have announced the hardware that will be powering the Xbox Series X. According to Digital Foundry, the specs confirm that the Xbox Series X will indeed be twice as powerful as the Xbox One X. In practice, Digital Foundry saw an unoptimized version of Gears 5 running on the Xbox Series X running at the equivalent of Ultra graphics settings on PC and it comes with enhanced shadows and ray tracing. Where the cutscenes run at 30 frames per second on the Xbox One X, Digital Foundry reported that on the Xbox Series X, it runs at a flawless 60 frames per second. Also, this is an early port. On release, we should see even better results. As expected, the Xbox Series X processor is built into a custom Project Scarlet SoC system on chip, which uses an enhanced version of TSMC's uh, 7 nanometers process. The 7 nanometer is important. The smaller the process, the more efficient the chip can be. That means it can provide more performance for less power. Making sure the chip inside a game's console can perform well without using lots of power and getting hot is incredibly important. The processor is a customized AMD SAN 2 CPU with 8 cores at 16 threads with a peak speed of 3.8 GHz and base speed of 3.6 GHz. As Digital Founder reveals, these frequencies aren't completely locked, which suggests the Xbox Series X could adjust the power of the CPU based on workload and thermals. So if you're playing a game that needs a lot of processing power, the Xbox Series X can give its CPU a boost and then slow it down when you don't need it. Meanwhile, the GPU of the Xbox Series X is revealed at a custom design with 12 teraflops of compute performance, with 3,328 shaders allocated to 52 compute units, and runs at a lock 1,825 MHz. Interestingly, there's no boost clocks for the GPU. It will always run at that speed. It also uses AMD's RDNA2 architecture and offers ray tracing for photorealistic lighting. 
what does this mean in the real world? It seems the Xbox Series X will have the graphical power acquirement to a gaming PC with an NVIDIA RTX 2080 graphics card. So a very capable device indeed, but maybe not able to compete with the most powerful gaming PCs. The Xbox Series X also gets 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory, an upgrade from the Xbox uh, One X 12 gigabytes of GDDR5. That won't all be used in games, however. Games will get a total of 13.5 gigabytes to 10 gigabytes of GPU optimal memory and 3.5 gigabytes of standard memory, while the remaining 2.5 gigabytes is reserved for the operating system. The faster GDDR6 memory should also offer a big leap in performance, match that with a super fast NVMe SSD, and the Xbox Series X should feel very sprightly when used. Now, Microsoft is aiming to get Xbox Series X games to run at 60 frames per second in 4K, calling the challenge a design goal. The console will support up to 120 frames per second, too. Despite 4K being the aim, Microsoft has said the Xbox Series X has 8K capability. Phil Spencer even changed his Twitter profile photo to what appears to be a picture of the next-gen Xbox Series X processor. It said Project Scarlet on it and was marked with 8K picture above, suggesting Microsoft plans on doing more than simply talking the talk when it comes to 8K. The Xbox Series X will also feature variable rate shading which prioritizes effect on different in-game characters and objects for a more stable frame rate and higher resolution according to Microsoft. Not only will games look better, they could be bigger. In an interview with PC Games N, uh, Samsung revealed that it's uh, talking with Microsoft and pushing the gaming behemoth to adopt ultra-wide support for the Xbox Series X. The Xbox Series X will make good use of having an NSD. A uh, quick resume feature uh, for the console will let you almost instantly continue with multiple games without the need to sit through load screens. Microsoft also aims to improve latency through features such as auto low latency mode and variable refresh rate. According to Microsoft, um, auto low latency mode allows Xbox One and Xbox Series X to automatically set the connected display to its lowest latency mode, while VRR synchronizes the display refresh rate for the game's frame rate, maintaining smooth visuals without tearing. These features aim to minimize lag and make gaming more responsive. If you're less bothered about the specs and more concerned about whether you can still play physical games on the next Xbox, then you'll be pleased to know that Xbox Series X has a physical disk drive. Microsoft has also confirmed that all your current Xbox One accessories will work with Xbox Series X, including existing controllers and headsets. But we doubt that also includes the ill-fated Kinect Motion Tracker. That means that the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 will be forward compatible with Series X, but Microsoft is also launching a next-generation wireless controller to accompany the new console. But don't expect the Xbox Series X to launch with VR support as, according to Xbox boss Phil Spencer, Microsoft is waiting until VR on Xbox becomes a no-brainer. However, right now, the company doesn't see the feature as so important on its next-gen hardware. Xbox Series X uh, has a completely different design to its predecessors. For a start, the next-gen console has an upright tower design similar to that of a gaming PC. However, Microsoft has confirmed Series X can sit horizontally or vertically. 
The image below shows off the rear vents of the console as well as ports for USB, HDMI, SPDIF, power, and Ethernet. Uh, there's also a mystery port of some sort. Now, of course, this mystery port has been revealed by uh, Digital Foundry about other mediums that is actually a for space for storage. It is actually a proprietary card that they uh, Microsoft has worked with Seagate, uh, which is going to be able to like think you can do like one terabyte. Uh, or you can add that memory to it. Uh, so people are not happy uh, on the fact that it's actually proprietary, so you cannot use any type of, I would say, memory card. But at least they're given options so you can increase that because if these games are going to be extra large, definitely you're going to need more memory. However, uh, it has to be saved there, but it needs to be, I think, play on the console. I think this is you save it there and then you can you have to download it again to the hard drive. So it's, uh, it's not like you can play directly from the, the memory card. Microsoft is releasing an Xbox Series X controller to accompany its next generation console. The new Xbox wireless controller will apparently be more accessible to everyone as Microsoft has made an effort to refine the size and shape. This shouldn't be too surprising to anyone that's been following the tech giant. And it's been making ways for accessibility in gaming for a while now with products like the Xbox Adapted Controller, along with enhanced accessibility. We'll also be getting a dedicated share button, finally, that will let you share screenshots and videos with your friends. Uh, Microsoft has also revealed that it's, it is optimizing latency in the player-to-console pipeline, starting with our Xbox wireless controller. Uh, through a new feature called Dynamic Latency Input. According to the company, this feature synchronizes input immediately with what is displayed, making controls more precise and responsive. However, apart from these details, we don't know exactly what other new features the new Xbox wireless controller will boast quite yet. Uh, some videos that I've seen, of course, for Digital Foundry and people that have tested the controllers, it's smaller, it's, it's sleeker in design, and in my opinion, it's uh, it looks better, and it will feel better better. Um, I had no problem with the Xbox controller, but I do feel that um, it was not really as a bigger improvement, although there's a lot of improvements over the Xbox 360 controller. I think uh, this new controller seems better, uh, more fitted uh, for you know what Xbox is trying to do. During the Xbox Series X official reveal, Phil Spencer said Series X games will be more lifelike, immersive, and surprising, and that the Xbox Series X will lead us into the future of gaming. He also stated that 15 Xbox Game Studios are building a huge next-generation library that includes Hellblades 2, Senua Saga, and Halo Infinite. Not a Halo fan? Don't worry. Xbox Series X will be capable of four generations of backwards compatibility, with the feature available from launch. That means the Series X will be able to play existing Xbox One games, including backwards compatible Xbox 360 and original Xbox games. And now, these are the ones already compatible on the Xbox One. Uh, these games will apparently get more consistent frame rates, quicker load times, and improved resolution and visual fidelity without requiring additional work from developers. Xbox One accessories will also be backwards compatible. Not only is Microsoft doubling down on backwards compatibility, but the company is also introducing a new system called Smart Delivery to the Series X that in some respects could be seen as forwards compatibility. 
With the Xbox Series X, smart delivery will seemingly ensure that you have the right version of a game, no matter which Xbox console you bought in on. So, for instance, if you were to buy a cross-generation game on the Xbox One, you'll have a soup-up version waiting for you as soon as you fire up the more powerful Xbox Series X. Microsoft's first-party titles will offer this by default, but it's a feature that will be optional for third-party developers and publishers. In addition, Microsoft will avoid siloing by uh, taking a cross-generation approach to its first-party games. Uh, talking to a Stevivore, Phil Spencer said Microsoft wants to create a console that utilizes Xbox Play Anywhere so you can move seamlessly between devices. Our goal for our first-party games is that your entitlements will be cross-generation and your achievements will move effectively with your saved game because that's where they stand. Speaking of first-party games, Microsoft has been promising that it's investing in first-party studios in order to make a more competitive offering. Phil Spencer has also teased on Twitter that Microsoft is working on a deep portfolio of Xbox Game Studios titles for E3 2020. Of course, this is not going to happen because E3 is canceled, but of course, we're going to see around that same time more reveals uh, in a digital format. As far as third party are concerned, we already have confirmation that a remake of THQ Nordic's cult classic Gothic, Gollum, Cyberpunk 2077, and Outriders will land on Xbox Series X. In addition, Ubisoft has confirmed that Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters are all coming to Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, with a new Assassin's Creed and Far Cry also rumored to be coming to the platforms. We also know Rainbow Six Siege will be available on Xbox Series X and PS5 from launch. In addition, not only has EA has said that Battlefield 6 will be coming to Xbox Series X, but the company has sung the praises of the incoming and next generation machines during an investor call. The power of the new consoles is going to be substantially greater than existing consoles, said EA CFO Blake Jargensen. We can do a lot more with PS5 and Xbox Series X. Things we're doing will blow people's minds. There's plenty to look forward to, and now that the next generation announcements are coming in, we'll be holding our breath waiting for updates from other publishers. Moving into the PS5 uh, specs, um, of course, there's a lot of mums jumbo, a lot of writing here, but um, definitely a lot of information that is very useful for us gamers. Uh, and I'm going to use for reference Tom's guide, and I'm going to have the link in the description for those that are interested to read about this, about the PS5 specs. And the title, it's very simple. It's PS5 release date, price, specs, games, and more. And here we go. The PS5 launch is getting closer by the day, and rumors continue to fly about Sony's uh, hotly anticipated next-generation console. The PlayStation 5 will launch in holiday 2020, at the same time as the Xbox Series X, boasting serious specs, including an 8-core processor that allow uh, for ray tracing and CPSZ that all but eliminate load time. So it's going to have the same thing. Not as powerful, though, as the Xbox Series X. The PS5 is a little less mysterious than before, thanks to a live stream from Sony today, March 18, Mark Cerny, a lead system architect at Sony, uh, hosted a talk today that walked users through some of the salient points of the PS5's hardware. The lecture was rather technical in nature, it was boring, that's for sure, to the, the chagrin of some fans who were hoping for a more straightforward reveal event, but it did give us some solid information about how the PS5 might perform, and the hardware in place to make that performance possible 
possible. During his talk, Cerny hit on three main pillars of the PS5's development, listening to developers, balancing evolution and revolution, and finding new dreams. Practically speaking, these three categories speak to the PS5 ASD configuration, backwards compatibility, and 3D audio capabilities. We also learn about the system CPU, GPU, and RAM structure, although that information is potentially of more use to developers than everyday consumers at the moment. Listening to developers, while the PS5 will be able to produce better graphics than the PS4, the more pressing concern is low times. Uh, Cerny explained that the PS4 internal hard drive at best can load about one gigabyte of data in seven seconds. And this figure usually balloons into 20 seconds once you take six times into account. The solution, according to Cerny, was to take advantage of solid-state drives, SDs, which were prohibitively costly when the PS4 first came out, but now quite common, since SDs uh, required no seek time and retrieve information much faster. Cerny said that the PS5 targets a load rate of 5.5 gigabytes. In theory, that's almost 10 times faster than the PS4. Cerny imagines that developers might have to artificially increase wait times for loading screens, response, and fast travel, if only to stop things from happening too fast for the player. It's worth noting that in practice, load times are dependent on more than simply how fast a console can parse data, but if the PS5 can have load times rather than increasing them tenfold, that will also have a big impact on how players go through games. To be cost-effective, however, Cerny said that the PS5's default hard drive will be 825 gigabytes. Whether he means 825 gigabytes usable space or total space, he didn't elaborate. Players who want more storage space will be able to replace the SD with third-party models, but they won't be able to do so right away. Uh, last year, for example, even the most powerful SD on the market could only transfer data at a rate of 3.0 gigabytes. Cerny believes that by the end of this year, they'll be up to a rate of 7 uh, gigabytes. Sony will still have to test a variety of drives for both functionality and physical fit to ensure compatibility. After all, if the SD can hit the 5.5 gigabytes transfer rate, high-end games could be nearly unplayable. As such, Cerny believes that ASD swapping will have to wait until somewhat after the PS5 launch. He cautioned potential buyers to hold off on purchasing additional ASD for now. External hard drives are fine if you want to use them to store PS4 games. Balancing Evolution and Revolution. Now, Cerny thought that for the PS5 launch, it was important to balance the concepts of evolution, backwards compatibility and familiarity for developers and revolution, new features and higher efficiency. Cerny's lecture on revolution was one of the most technically complex of his talk, focusing on the PS5 custom, RDNA, AMD, GPU, and the physical construction of the PS5 CPU. The short version is that the control unit, the CU, on the PS5 is 62% larger than the PS4 largely due to the amount of transistors pre present. This means the PS5 CPU will be able to route more processes more efficiently. The GPU will also make use of both ray tracing and primitive shaders, which will affect both power consumption and heat management. Unlike the PS4, on which power consumption came variously tremendously from game to game, the PS5 will try to standardize power consumption for each game and make resources available as needed. This should prevent overheating as well as excessive fan noise. 
Potentially more interesting to the everyday consumer was the information on how PS5 backwards compatibility would work. Unlike the PS3, which essentially incorporated a PS2 guts into early models, the PS5 will run older games via regularized software algorithms. In theory, this means that almost every PS4 game will be compatible with the PS5 right from the get-go. In practice, that seems to be the way things are working out too. CERN explained that developers have tested the PS5 with the top 100 PS4 games based on playtime and discovered that most of them work beautifully. At launch, most of those 100 games will be playable. However, CERN didn't detail which games would get left out. He also didn't elaborate on whether every PS4 game would be compatible until proven otherwise, or whether Sony would manage which games get the backwards compatibility treatment first. One bright spot at least is that the PS5 will offer both PS4 Pro and regular PS4 compatibility modes, so games that were optimized for the PS4 Pro will not get left behind. Finding new dreams. Uh, one of the most exciting but also most technically demanding aspects of the PS5 is its emphasis on 3D audio. Cerny pointed out that a game screen refreshes between 60 and 120 times per second, but audio calculations have to happen up to 200 times per second. Audio is a vital part of any game experience, and developers have not always given it the due it deserves. Some PC headsets already feature 3D audio, but eventually, Cerny wants the PS5 to deliver 3D audio regardless of platform, TV speakers, headset, or soundbar. The key to 3D audio lies in head-related transfer function, or HRTF. Briefly, everyone's ears are shaped somewhat differently, and that affects how our brain processes sound. HRTF maps out an individual's hearing based on a sound frequency, direction, and volume. While it's not possible for the PS5 to account for every single individual HRTF, at least not at lunch, Sony mapped out five different standardized HRTF profiles, and users will be able to select the one that best matches their preferences. If the HRTF is close to a user's ear structure, he or she will hear sounds as though they were happening in real life all around them, rather than coming from a speaker. This functionality will be available only on headsets at first, but Cerny wants to expand it uh, tremendously over the next few years. He envisions a future in which a user could send a picture of his or her ears and a neural net could analyze them, or one in which every user starts the PS5 experience by playing an audio game to map out an exact HRTF profile. This is a feature that will keep evolving as the PS5 does. The PS4 found big success by undercutting the Xbox One at launch with uh, its $399 price tag, but the PS5 might not be quite as affordable. In his quarterly forecast, as reported by uh, Twinfinite, uh, Ace Research Institute uh, analyst Hideki Yasuda predicts that the system will launch for $499, which is $100 more than what the PS4 and the PS4 Pro sold for at launch. This prediction lines up with a February 2020 report from Bloomberg, which claims that the PS5 will cost more than the PS4 uh, did at launch due to expensive components such as DRAM and flash memory. Speaking to Bloomberg, uh, Macquarie Capital analyst Damien Thong estimated that the PS5 price will line around $470.
the thing is that Sony itself apparently doesn't know what it wants to charge for the PS5 yet. In an earnings call to the company investors, Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki said that the price of the PS5 has yet to be decided, since it's trying to balance affordability and profitability. Uh, the rumors above sound reasonable, but it's apparent from this official statement that there's plenty of opportunity for change between now and whenever Sony announces the console. It even puts a price tag on the console at that point rather than at another time. Now, the PS5 will be powered by CPU based on AMD's third generation 8-core Ryzen processor as well as a custom GPU based on an AMD Radeon and Navi line. The graphics card will allow uh, the PS5 to deliver ray tracing, which is an ultra-realistic lighting technology that was first made popular by NVIDIA's RTX cards, as noted by TFT Central. The PS5 could even support NVIDIA G-Sync, thanks to NVIDIA opening up the technology to AMD GPUs. In a Road to PS5 talk, Mark Cerny said that the PS4 produces 10.3 teraflops of processing power lower than the Xbox Series X specs of 12 teraflops. However, Cerny seemed to preempt this comparison, saying that there are many other measurements that determine graphical quality and that the PS5 will be working at near maximum capacity at all times. Hopefully, this means there won't be too much of a performance gap between the two consoles after all. The system's uh, CPU will allow for 3D audio, which promises to be more immersive than that of the PS4, whether you're playing with headphones or through your TV speakers. The PS5 massive power will also allow for resolutions of up to 8K. For reference, the PS4 Pro maxes out at 4K. Uh, the PlayStation 5 will also feature a 4K Blu-ray player for physical discs. For the first time, people were asking for that for the uh, the PS4. Uh, it never happened. The PS5 finally is going to have, a, uh, in this case, a 4K Blu-ray player. Uh, Cerny noted that the system will feature a speedy SSD solid-state drive for loading games faster. In a demonstration, Cerny showed off that the system's new SD, a segment of Marvel Spider-Man that normally took 15 seconds to load, took under a second. Additionally, Sony confirmed that the PS5 will support physical discs. In, in a follow-up with Wire in October, Cerny also noted that the SD may allow players to download specific portions of games, such as the story campaign or multiplayer suite. In his Road to PS5 talk, Cerny gave more details on the SD again, uh, with the key spec that it could load 2 gigabytes of files in point, uh, 0.27 seconds. That should make for some unnoticeable uh, loading times once games devs get to grips with the new console. At the Road to PS5 talk, the PS5's lead architect, Mark Cerny, explained a lot of details about the new console hardware. He spent a lot of time explaining how the PS5 SD storage will be 100 times faster than the PS4 storage, which will allow developers more freedom to develop and keep obstacles like load screens and hidden slowdowns out of the way of the players. For graphics, Cerny mentioned that the benefits that the ray tracing and consistent uh, GPU-CPU frequency will have, allowing the PS5 to run its fan at continuous quieter speed than the PS4 and of course make your games look better. The PS5 controller. In October 2019, uh, Sony provided Wired with an exclusive look at the next DualShock, uh, which is reportedly very similar in design to the DualShock 4. Uh, the new controller appears to have some sort of microphone, perhaps for the system's rumored uh, voice assistant, and will sport haptic feedback for more immersive rumble. In demonstrations for Wired, Sony showed off uh, how the controller could make you feel the difference between track and dirt in a racing game. 
or the difference between trudging uh, through sand and gliding on ice in a platformer. The new DualShock will also have adaptive triggers, which will allow you to better feel the tactile sensation of things, such as firing a bow, an arrow, or driving off-road. While Sony has already confirmed a few official PS5 controller features, some recent rumors point to an even more interesting DualShock 5. A recent patent suggests that the PS5 controller could support wireless charging, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. A February 2018 Sony patent hints that Sony is working on a controller that could track your sweat and heart rate, potentially adjusting what's happening in-game when you are playing an intense action or horror title. Now, the PS5 interface will look fairly similar to that of the PS4's. If some sketchy leaks are to be believed, uh, user John Titter posted on I- an image on his slash leaks of what is purportedly the PS5's UI, uh, which looks to once again have a larger horizontal bar of icons for key menus and apps. The big difference this time around is that based on this image, games and apps uh, would have their own distinct menus and wouldn't be lumped together like they are on the PS4 right now. Now let's talk about the design. A Sony patent discovered in August 2019 could give us a clue about the PS5's potential design. Uh, the patent image images shows a, what looks like a chunky game console, uh, complete with a slew of USB ports, a disk drive, and a unique V-shaped chassis that could help keep the system cool. Uh, the folks at Let's Go Digital uh, mocked up their own PS5 render based on the patent images, uh, proving how the odd shape could actually turn out to be an attractive game console. Uh, To be honest with you, I don't like the design. It just looks awful. The folks at Gizmodo were sent images of the alleged PS5 depth kit, which are reportedly identical to the patent images that have been circulating for months. Uh, What's more, the report claims that both the PS5 and Xbox Series X will pack integrated cameras for hassle-free live streaming. Now, the games. Even though it's a bit early out, we already have a good sense of what the first wave of PS5 games will be. Current uh, confirmed PS5 games include People Can Fly, third-person shooter Outriders, as well as counterplay games Looter Slasher, games Godfall. According to our friends at GameRadar, uh, Ubisoft confirmed in a conference call that upcoming titles such as Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, and Rainbow Six Quarantine will be optimized for PS5 and Xbox Series X. A renowned remake studio Bluepoint Games, Shadow of the Colossus, told Wire in October that it's working on a big one in regards to its upcoming PS5 game. Interestingly, Sony has said that the PS5 launch exclusives won't be playable on PS4. The Xbox Series X will not be doing this, though and instead will share its new games with the Xbox One and PC. Uh, There are arguments for both, but it looks like Sony's hoping to make its new console a little more desirable by making sure you can get the brand new exclusives anywhere else. We also wouldn't be shocked to see a version of The Elder Scrolls 6 and Cyberpunk 2077 land on Sony's next-generation hardware, and since they release like clockwork, expect new Madden, NBA 2K, and FIFA titles around the PS5 launch window. Now, PS5 versus Xbox Series X, they have this in this article, and I want to read it. Uh, when PS5 launches in holiday 2020, it will be in direct competition with Microsoft Xbox Series X. Both consoles seem to be targeting similar specs and performance ranges, with each system touting custom AMD sent to processors. Custom ASD that all but eliminate load times and advanced RAM for supporting features such as ray tracing. We already know that Series X will support features such as variable refresh rate, making the console ideal for 
for G-Sync and FreeSync gaming monitors, as well as Microsoft's own variable rate shading technology. So we'll have to see if the PS5 will counter with similar tech. Of the two consoles, only the Series X has a final confirmed design, touting a tower-like shape that's built for maximum airflow and can be positioned both horizontally and vertically. Leaked PS5 dev kits have pointed out to a chunky horizontal design, but we'll have to see how the final build shakes out. And then there are the games. Xbox Series X will feature titles such as Halo Infinite and Hellblade 2. While we don't have any confirmed first party Sony PS5 games just yet, it's safe to assume the next God of War, Spider-Man, and Horizon titles will live on the new console. Fortunately, the PS4 and Xbox One owners, both PS5 and Series X, will be backwards compatible. Of course, at to a certain extent, in this case, for the PS5. All right, guys, there's a lot of information there. Um, definitely, there's a lot to take, um, um, but uh, it's fun. You know, it, it, I would say that gaming is really leaping forward in, in a great way, particularly for, um, in this case, for the consoles. Uh, of course, a lot of PC players will say, well, this is something that we have seen for years. But I do believe that um, consoles are really leaping forward in a really good way. Uh, I'm excited for ray tracing finally coming to consoles for SD cards. So I would say I'm excited. It's definitely exciting. However, uh, there is also a little bit of sadness because it seems that we're jumping into next generations very quick. Um, I do believe that in this case, the uh, Xbox, Microsoft with Xbox Series X is really doing good. In my opinion, they are ahead of the game right now. Not only because they have a very... They have given us concise information and difference with PS5 that there's a lot of mumbo jumbo information, but not reality. We haven't seen the console yet. Um, and it's, of course, when you look at the specs, it's actually lower uh, than the Xbox Series X. But, of course, you have to remember that at the end of the day, it's not about how powerful your machine is because the Xbox One X is more powerful than the PS4. And the PS4 has sold more. And even the Nintendo Switch is selling better than that because at the end of the day, it's the first-party games. People love the first-party games. That's what we play. You know, what the games that are in your console, uh, how many games you have actually dictate the way you play those games. And, of course... I'm a big fan of PS4. I play PS4 as exclusively. I don't have an Xbox One. I have one. I sold it. I don't have it. Uh, and uh, But I'm excited. And I was planning to purchase uh, over the holiday an Xbox uh, One X. But ultimately, I decided to hold on and wait for the next one. Because I said, you know what? It's going to be backwards compatible. And so far, so good. I really like the idea that they're not only embracing that they have the most powerful console. And they're not selling that, just the technical aspect, as they did with the Xbox One. But they are selling the aspect of the games. At the end of the day, it's all about the games. And the fact that I'm able to play all the older games and back again, it's going to be something good. Because I still have a lot of Xbox uh, One games. I have a lot of digital Xbox One games. Uh, I still play the Xbox 360. So I'm excited. And it's going to be able to play a lot of those backward compatible 360 games and uh, Xbox One. And they are saying uh, that the, the, the idea is that they're going to continue to expand the backwards compatibility now with the, the Series X. So in my opinion, it's the best thing the best thing overall the fact that you can play your games that are already invested on into this console is good so that's the part where i am not completely decided you know and completely conf confident with the ps5 because yeah you're going to play some games but what about other games you know you can only play 
the 100 of the most popular games, they're going to kind of go in the same route. It's not about the hardware. It's going to be more the software in this case to play the games. It's not like you can kind of insert the games. Some games are going to playable, be playable, others not. Which games? And there's so many games that I play that are, I wouldn't say they're very popular. You know, yeah, you're talking about popular games, maybe like FIFA, Madden, because people play those games like crazy. But what about other games that I care about? Uh, I'm a big fighting game aficionado. I love a lot of platformers. Are they going to be playable? Um, they're not as popular. Some of them are more cult classics, but are they going to be playable? And I think that's the main concern for a lot of uh, gamers. Yes, they in their in the road to PS5, they talk a lot of mumbo jumbo. It was a boring presentation. It was more for devs, for people that you know know the, the all the technical aspect, not necessarily for the average gamer like us. Uh, but th definitely it was not exciting and, and they haven't been so forthcoming and if they expect to actually release this by I would say December do they have you know because you have to have ample time for them for them to really know that you know for two to know what what is coming so I don't know if a lot of people are going to jump of course people are not going to jump right away on it because right now PS4 even the Xbox the Xbox wants to move on because they haven't really you know they are the losers of this uh, and this race of the of this generation so they want to start as fast as possible. They they learn from their mistakes with the Xbox One. So they're really giving all the information. They are doing the same thing that they did with the Xbox 360, and that's good. But um, I don't know if that it's going to in the end it's going to to matter. I, I don't know. It's just a lot of things. I'm happy for the technology. Uh, there's some great games coming, but I think the PS5 is still Sony needs to be more clear, more forthcoming what is to come. Uh, because at this point, if I have to decide, if I have to decide, if I have the money to purchase one console, I'm not going to purchase the PS5. I'm definitely going to purchase the Xbox Series X because it's a, it's more enticing. Or the whole package is enticing. And at the end of the day, I don't have a loyalty towards PS4. I was an Xbox original owner, and I love the Xbox to death. Uh, I still play the Xbox 360. So I don't know if I really want to jump into the PS5 right away when no many of those games are going to be playable. I'm still going to probably stick around with the PS4, but if I have to choose, again, I'm going to go for the Series X because it has everything the PS4 doesn't have and everything the PS5 promised to have, but not necessarily had been very clear uh, how it's going to be given to us. So in my opinion, so far... And the Xbox Series X is winning, the PS5 not so much, but of course only time can tell, we still have months to go and with the coronavirus, a lot of people are speculating, of course people that know in the industry that it's probably going to delay the releases uh, probably until next year, uh, depending on how things, you know, if they can really produce this stuff and if it's released, it's going to be very very limited, so you know a lot of people are going to be selling stuff, um, you know on the black market of eBay for tons of money if that's the case uh, I wouldn't go like that. I'm just going to wait. And of course, Xbox Series X is saying, as the, Phil Spencer was saying, uh, this is going to be the beginning of the next generation of family of uh, console. So it's not going to be the first one. So, of course, you're going to see probably not this year, next year, not next year, but in two years, three years, going to see, uh, you know, some better versions uh, with lower prices. So. Of course, it's all a speculation from our part, but it, based on previous history, of course, it's, 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 real, it's clear that it's going to happen. Uh, what is your opinion? What do you think? Uh, I know we talk about a lot of information here. We read a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm going to have the articles if you want to read them through. Uh, so far, of course, the Xbox Series X is more powerful. And the specs, when you look in the paper, it's more powerful. It has more power. And, of course, it's offering more than the PS5. 
What do you prefer? Are you going to go for the Xbox Series X? Or are you going to go with the PS5? Or are you going to stick around for a while like I'm doing for the time being? I'm just going to kind of wait and see and stick around with the new, you know, the con this generation because so far, so good. You know, there's plenty of games to play on the PS4 so far. And I'm still, still playing Xbox 360. And I'm still playing PS3. So definitely there is a lot to consider. Um, and and there's no need right now to fork so much money into something that is just uh, at the at the first stage of production uh let me know what you think about it in the description below if you're watching this in youtube if you listen to the podcast you can come to facebook you can come to twitter you can share your opinion there with me i would like to hear it uh, so my friends stay safe you know drink a lot of water you know you know be conscious about what's going on out there be respectful don't like go on, on a buying spree and purchase all the toilet paper you know be mindful of all your fellow citizens the people around you and particularly the elderly and the most vulnerable the children all of that and the families so my friends god bless you take care and i'll talk to you again next week bye bye